Hello and welcome into another episode of Podcast 63. Here with Buck and Lou again. It is season three, episode 29. Um, I apologize if you guys hear um, some noise in the background. It's pretty warm in my apartment and I have the fans going. It's all muggy and stuff. So, um, but you know what is not sticky and muggy is our Loyola Ramblers. <laughs> they have really nice segue. I was impressed to see how you're going to twist. Thank that. you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. It worked really hard on that. Um, but anyway, yeah, they are, um, as we know, in the off season we, last week was a pretty exciting week. We had uh, news about our seniors or four out of the five of them returning. We had news about cam. We had news about transfers um, and this week, it really feels like the offseason. There's not too much happening. There's some like fun rumors we're going to talk about. There's a little bit of recruiting news, but I don't think there's really anything noteworthy to talk about yet. Just more offers. Um, maybe we'll just quickly speak about it and like how it's seeing. You can see a little bit of trends of like who Coach Drew is targeting, but nothing too serious. Um, but today, we're going to start doing our year in reviews for um, some of our players. Our goal is to do all four seniors, but if it starts getting longer, maybe we'll just do three. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think we're just gonna have fun and, and really get into peak off-season content here. Um, so Lou, uh, how is your off-season going? How, how are the Raptors? Are they, has it been pretty quiet up there recently? Well, we're putting up new banners hopefully soon. Like I've been trying to clean off the old ones and make space for the new ones, because we got Another um, itching in the NCAA tournament put on. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you're going to put up a massive Sweet 16 banner and put a year. I don't know. I love the Phantom, but I kind of wish we just didn't single out one trip. Um, but again, hey, we got to keep the banners coming. So it's going well, but I, I agree with you, man. It, it, it feels like it's off season now. We were waiting, waiting. Seniors broke it last week. We talked about it last week, and now it's like, oh, there goes a week with no commitment and no transfer news now like because if you think about it all the transfer news about paxson and about baylor that all happened monday and we talked about it and it was like boom so i think the only transfer news technically out there is frank um because he decommitted from ut um rio de janeiro or no he was going to albine christian yeah Albion christian. um and that coach left to go to university of texas rio de janeiro so uh, but besides that, yeah, it's been a quiet week. I think we saw a few articles. I think I saw a lot of offers. You keep me in the loop with that. Yeah. Uh, we joke about what type of point guards it looks like, what type of guy we're recruiting. So really just off-season stuff. Um, I think the interesting thing was off-season was just um, it looked like Drew was doing a lot of interviews. Um, mm-hmm. And I saw that. I saw uh, Matt interviewed him, the reporter you mentioned. Um, and then I think I saw it called Juco Advocate uh, went up mm-hmm. to talk oh, yeah. to him. Drew Valentine, who also like is co-founder or something with Verbal Commits, who Verbal Commits goes is going ham this season mm-hmm. uh, with all the transfers. But it just again, it's it's articles. It, and again, as though like you said a few weeks ago, or maybe even last week, you love seeing us just having an article kind of on the national media now. Again, Twitter putting articles first and everyone getting like kind of ex- pretty much impressions on it. So it's really interesting to see from like Ju- Juco Advocate even tweeted, never been to Loyola, never thought I would come up here. Mm-hmm. And what a beautiful campus. So just even like changing simple blogs like that um, is really interesting. But it's off season, and we're going to talk about a few things and recap because it's the off season. And once the material starts coming, we'll talk more. But I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. So the first thing you kind of mentioned it is like uh, how we were exchanging like uh, recruits back and forth. And I actually, um, I'll post this on our Twitter later. 
but I, I sent I sent you a, a meme the other day that was like the, the Drake meme where it was like you know, like in the first frame he's like saying like oh no no and then in the second frame he's pointing at the camera like oh yeah and it was for the first frame it said uh, Lou about six three or shorter guards and then for the for the yes frame it said Lou uh, on six foot four or taller guards and it, it's kind of funny but um drew has been really active and uh, more more often than not the guards that he's been offering have been like six foot four six foot five um one in particular uh which i think is kind of interesting is a top 200 uh guard for next year his name's evan mahaffey mahaffey um he's from cincinnati and the reason why i think he's interesting is because his first offer um for d1 college was for the university of cincinnati which is where Coach Dwyer, uh, who is now on our staff as an assistant coach, Coach Dwyer used to coach at Cincinnati. And apparently, in Evan's like post on Twitter, he had originally thanked Coach Dwyer. So like they have that relationship. Um, and if he came, it would probably be the best recruit we've had in, I don't even know, like I, I think a very long time. Um, but just kind of interesting. That's, I think... The, the one that's of note i don't know lou if you if you had anything to say about that i did actually and it kind of that one got me really interested because that was like the cincinnati ohio area right mm-hmm. and um it was really great to see like a top 200 recruit uh, Evan what mahaffrey i don't the, yeah, i want to say mccaffrey but it's mahaffrey. not there's no mac it's just mahaffrey um so yeah absolutely would be a top recruit that we haven't had in years i would say granted again we can all joke about how cam probably should have been recruited ranked differently but again late bloomer or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. but one note i did want to mention which was interesting is there's a player from cincinnati and i think you've definitely seen his dad active but i just want to mention him his name is paul mcmillan Mm -hmm. and his dad is i think on twitter handle coach p mac and coach p mac his dad played at Loyola. i think he played in the 80s he brought out his jersey, I think I saw, during uh, the tournament run this year. But mm-hmm. Paul McMillan is point guard 6'1". He's the 97th recruit, Ooh. a top 100 recruit in the 2022 uh, recruiting class. And he's from Cincinnati, and 247 has Cincinnati as his favorite. So you would easily think that Dwyer had something to do with his recruiting as well. And then now with the whole breakdown of the Cincinnati coaching staff and players leaving, I was like hoping to maybe see some traction with maybe Dwyer reaching out to him as well, kind of going back to Dwyer's roots, his connection of Ohio. So I, that's something actually that triggered me when you sent over this, um, the Evan kid, top mm-hmm. 200 recruit. I was like, whoa, would we now maybe reach out to Paul kind of grabbing Cincinnati recruits because that's, that's just what you do sometimes. Mm-hmm. So um, really interesting to see, really interesting to see um, kind of, and like, like you said, I think Coach Dwyer has his um, blueprints all over this as well as uh, Coach Drew. So kind of really interesting to see different coaches because another thing that reminds me of was when St. Thomas, he mentioned Coach Drew and Coach London. So, like, again, every – I think a lot of these – a lot of our coaches now are finding, like, who they go after. Hey, this is my area or this is my type of player, and, like, I'll try to recruit him. So it's really interesting. I hope, again, we'll see more. Um, so really interesting. Again, kind of we're expanding that reach. Omaha was, I think – interesting reach as well um ohio i think is an interesting reach a lot of our majority of our guys come from what three states you could say was mm-hmm. 
Illinois or sorry, Chicago, Indiana. suburbs of Chicago, you could say is another state, maybe Indiana. Uh-huh. And then they all play for AAU Illinois Wolves. So like yeah. it, it's been a trend, which is nothing wrong. Like Porter found success. Brian Mullins got to tip his cap. He was a big recruiting guy for us. Now he's at Southern recruiting on his own. So we, we, we got comfortable and found success with who we we're recruiting. But now I think you might find Drew because Drew's reaching out to Michigan recruits because that's what his path is. So, and I think one of the guys was that Chandler, he might be from, was it Virginia? I think I saw another recruit we offered, okay. uh, Chandler, a big guy. Maybe I'll look it up. Maybe no Tennessee, if I remember correctly. I'm actually going to pick it up. But what do you think about this? What do you think about us expanding that like recruiting region? Because some schools really just find their niche and like, hey, I recruit this area and that's what I stick with. But do, do you think it's good? Do you see any like pros, cons probably? Yeah, I, I think he's got to establish his own like strategy, right? Like I think um, Porter had his obvious, like you said, like Illinois suburbs, Chicago, and then, you know, a, a little bit of reach every once in a while. But I think Drew's got to establish where he wants to get it too. And like, I'm sure over the past few years, he's seen things and said, hey, what, why don't we go see this guy? And Porter's like, no, 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 I want you to stick here. Or, hey, I want to go see this AU tournament in whatever, like Austin or, or or Ohio or Cincinnati or whatever. And I just imagine that, you know, there's some times where the head coach wants the assistant coaches to go see specific guys. So now that Drew's at the helm, um, I think he's going to do it his way. And, like, we, we've seen Michigan. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if um, we see some guys out of, like, Alabama or Mississippi because that's where a couple of our other assistant coaches have been. Um and then I just, as long as we're consistently scouting guys in Chicago, I don't care where else we go. Like, I don't care if there's a lot of suburbs guys or Southern Illinois or Wisconsin or whatever. I don't really care about that. It's, you know, you're in Chicago. I think that you should see pretty much every player. Like, I'm, and that's probably a kind of being um, uh, over-exaggerating a little bit, but it's your backyard. Like, why, you know, when, when high school and AAU is going on, you really shouldn't be doing anything else other than scouting and coaching your own team. So um, I do think that the trend, it looks like they're really focusing on 2022 now. Yep. Um, so for next yep. year, I wouldn't be shocked still if we had like one more player for this team, whether it's like a freshman or a, a transfer who maybe doesn't get the, the, like looks he thinks he's going to get. And then he's like, well, you know, I got family in Chicago or well, like it would be fun to play for that team, something like that. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's fun to kind of, you know, read the tea leaves as some people say, and, and try to figure out how Drew's going to go about recruiting for the next few years. Um, yeah. And one just note on recruiting. So um, we did all of that kid just for back Chandler Jackson out of Tennessee. Kids got a lot of, uh, but he's like 233 or in 22 and two class. But um, I think, what is it? We had a message back uh, talking about one of our points last week. So we kind of a technically actually only have 10 scholarship players and we have room to reach out to three more. Mm -hmm. Um, And a a special guest, he knows who he is. (laughs) We'll just keep him private because he DM'd us about it, but we appreciate the listening and the the follow-up that we, we, we may, might've misspoke again. We're, we're a little confused. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I think no one's really sure who's got scholarship, who's eligible. What, what is the scholarship called? Is it red shirt? Is it medical? But we officially, according to our source, we have 10 scholarship players, even though we have more guys on scholarship technically, but we have three scholarships to give out for, I guess the 2021 class. So we, we actually have that reach to get more, but a note, I, I don't know if I said this to you and I can't recall if it was on the podcast or not, but like sometimes it's like, do we have enough? Because it's like we, with these seniors coming back, maybe mm-hmm. it's just like, hey, let's focus on 2022 
And maybe also Drew has to see guys who didn't play like Anderson. Like, is he going to play more? Kind of how that flows. So, but it is interesting. I agree. I think the focus is on 2022, but there is a chance potentially. We we do see what is that? The high school kid Jake uh, Lieberman or whatever tweeting yeah. always about transfers and somehow Loyola Chicago's name is always associated with a transfer. I feel, which yeah. is not bad. We're we're reaching out. We're getting familiar. So always funny though to see, but. Um, again, Drew's Drew, like you said, Drew's making his own plan, his own kind of map of what to do, and I think it's it's off to the races for 2022. Yeah, I agree. I think he's doing a good job. It's fun, like you said, and uh, I'm sure we'll continually say it's fun to kind of follow along. Um, but yeah, uh, the next thing we want to talk about is um, there's a story that came out of uh, let me find it here um, regarding like the Missouri Valley Conference in the future. Um, it is from. Oh, Matt Brown, and he writes for Extra Points, um, and it's it seems like it's a, a newsletter covering the off-field stuff that shapes college sports. So not necessarily just college basketball, um, but he is also located in Chicago, it says in his bio. Um, anyway, uh, he had a story that uh, he said that he obtained emails that showed the Missouri Valley Conference at least reached out to UT Arlington back in December. Um, statements from the Missouri Valley Conference and UTA in here. And it was basically like, long story short, since UTA is a public institution, they have to make these sort of things public knowledge. So if you ask for them, they have to give them to you. Uh, whereas like Loyola, well, that wouldn't be the case. Like since we're private, they wouldn't have to. Um, but uh, UT Arlington was reached, uh, they had communications with the Missouri Valley Conference. I think it was the commissioner, the old commissioner that retired. And I'm blank. Oh, Doug Elgin. Yeah, Doug Elgin. Mm-hmm. Just basically asking, like, what do you guys think about this? Like, would you consider? Or like, you know, we're looking at you. Just sort of like feelers. Like, it didn't. It was nothing. Like, we want you to join the Missouri Valley Conference. But um, and it was, I think, nothing more than just like a kind of a, a like a, a friendly interest in 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 joining the Missouri Valley Conference. Um, but nothing, obviously nothing has happened. It doesn't seem like anything's really on the horizon. But it is kind of interesting, um, just because I don't think any of us or either of us would have thought about Texas as being like a potential addition to the Valley. Not necessarily that it's a bad thing, but um, I do think we both kind of have opinions about adding UT Arlington. So, Lou, what did, like, because I sent this to you, what, what did, like, did you have any, like, initial reaction to it, or what did you think? Definitely thrown off. Like, mm-hmm. when I think of the Valley, and again, I'm I'm going to say it, I'm not one that Loyola needs to stay in the Valley moving forward, but if we're going to be in it and the Valley be a makeup, and just kind of sticking to what the Valley does is, you, you just, I don't, I just don't see Texas as a team, um, and nothing, it's just because, like, the Valley is really incorporated of, Missouri, Iowa, Indiana, um, Illinois, um, and like those states. But like I can really see more if we're going to reach out to states, it's like, well, maybe Ohio. And I think I saw like Cleveland State at one point mm-hmm. um, and maybe Wisconsin. Um, like I, I don't think Milwaukee is there yet, but you could um, maybe again, if there's a school, I don't what besides Creighton and Nebraska, I don't think there's anything else in in nebraska so um yeah i I don't know just ut threw me off um again it's not like um 
the, the only thing I would say is I know we have like a Dallas Baptist is one of the schools that plays baseball in, in the Valley. That's so true. if it was like one of those schools that already are part of the Valley through football, because again, it's Loyola doesn't have football. So you have other schools that potentially join because of football or for all I know is like, maybe there's a school that's in tennis that dominates and they want to start bringing in their other sports. Then they already, in my opinion, they already have a connection to the Valley. So that's fine. Um, but it just UT, I don't, don't, I don't know. And I don't think it has a connection to the Valley. So it just threw me off. And again, the school could be a good school. Um, it's just an interesting, again, location. I think if you're really finding like a Valley school. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, it's one of those that's up in the air. Um, I think we, we definitely would have other schools on the list first before UT for me. Yeah, and it's also just kind of interesting because they weren't very good last year. And I don't think last year is a good indication of, like, where a program potentially is. And they have been good, like, in years past. But they are in the Sun Belt, which is, I wouldn't say a ton worse than the Valley, but definitely, like, at oh, least it's a, definitely lower. a half it's step definitely. down. Like, it's... It, some of the, they had uh, in the extra point article they had some numbers and it wasn't as bad as I thought I think like last year the Missouri Valley was like the eighth best conference and the Sun Belt was like 11th or 12th out of like 20 I think it's like 24 or 25 so like not horrible but also like definitely not the same caliber that you know we think of like the whole Ohio Valley Conference as being similar or um, like if you want to go up like the A10 or like the Dang, are you driving off somewhere? Dude, I think someone's excited to join the valley. I don't know what that was. It's one of those. One you of those walked, out of, you walked out of the stadium and someone was like, damn, I got to get out of here. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that, I mean, yeah, the Sun Belt is not, is not that good as the valley, just kind of plain and simple. So um, I'm like you. I was thrown off. Um, I think I, I could even see this as being like a. Like the Missouri Valley Conference did this as like just kind of feeling the waters, and then maybe they could get some like public response from it. Like, oh, we accidentally m- made this public knowledge that we talked to UT Arlington. Oh, everyone doesn't like this move, and then in a month from now they can be like, we were never thinking about adding UT Arlington. Or like, just like I a team know. that makes it look way better. It's just like, right. oh, actually, we're going to add this team. Don't you guys like this? Yeah, we could. And again, but that's interesting you bring up because it's a new commissioner. So I don't even think he has, a, what, a year yet under his belt. I think he was just brought in 2021. So right, yeah. uh, really interesting to see how the new commissioner even would handle a potential um potential freaking addition, addition yeah. yeah 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 um but yeah that's it i mean we'll keep like if, if something else pops up about i don't it, we'll think we're jumping it. i don't think we're jumping the gun saying it's a no but i think it's a high likely no and i think there would be other teams that the valley would easily consider first yeah definitely and, and you know we even mentioned i think like on the first podcast after the sweet 16 that there was like talk about Loyola, like maybe moving up, like either to like the A10 or AAC or something like that. So I think everything with like, especially with the pandemic and all, like I think that's really caused some people, like I've seen in this article, he even mentions like smaller conference potentially scaling back. And whereas the Missouri Valley Conference is kind of maybe trying to do the opposite. Like, um, but I think at the, the very least you could take away from this is that the Valley is considering adding another team. Like, I think that's, they wouldn't reach out if they weren't actually trying to see if they can add another team. And that might not be next year, but it could be two, three years down the road from now. Um, 
So, I don't know. Lou, any last thoughts on, on the Missouri Valley Conference as a whole? Yeah, I think uh, if we're going to look at teams, I think they're going to look at teams that are closer and teams that might also have a history with uh, playing some teams, especially. So, it'd be interesting to see. Definitely, yeah. Um, and we will keep our eyes on that. Um, so, I guess now this kind of brings us to the the meat of this podcast, which is um, talking about some some graduating seniors. Oh, well, technically graduating, but returning. Um, and uh, last year, and I think even the year before that, we, we gave out some grades on players, uh, like how they did over the season, just kind of compared to like how we thought they might do that year. Um, and then for the returning players, we're going to give them like predictions. Um, and you know, we were, we're scheduled to do four seniors. I think we should just do three because we also have cam to do and we can do that next week. Um, but maybe this week we just do like Lucas, Keith and a here. And then just cause I think we're going to want to spend time and Tate or no, I think we wait on Tate. I think, cause I, I'm going to want to talk about these guys for a bit. Like I don't, and I don't want to, if we've got four of them, I don't want to take up, you know, it's off season. I want people to be able to, you know, listen to this at their leisure. So, um, I think this week we'll just talk about Lucas, Keith, and Ahir. And then next week we'll talk about Cam and Tate and one more, maybe Braden or something. But I think we'll just go like that. So we'll, we'll do three each week um, as long as there's not major news. Um, and just uh, give them uh, some grades from last year, predictions for next year if, if they're coming back. And then eventually we'll get to all the new guys too because um, we have, what, like five, five new guys this year? So, um, so yeah, let's, uh, we'll start off with our, our main man, Lucas Williamson. Um, you know, I, I think coming into this year, we just really wanted to see him play consistent basketball. Uh, he had his injury his sophomore year. I think last year was not the best, I guess. I don't know. Like, I just kind of think back. I'm not, I don't have any of his, I can actually pull up those numbers right now, but, um, this year, uh, he averaged just under nine points, uh, nine points, four rebounds, two assists. Uh, he shot uh, 36% from three. Uh, he improved his free throw percentage to 78%. And he played by far the best defense of his career. I mean, it wasn't even close. Like, And we knew him as being um, the best defender on the team. But I think last year, first of all, he should have been considered for National Defense Player of the Year. That was mm. BS, and we talked about that at the time. But he was defensive player of the year in the Valley. Um, he shut down multiple guys in, in both the Missouri Valley Conference tournament as well as the NCAA tournament. Um, and he gave you some consistency. Um, actually, look, so looking back on the numbers from last year, he did. He averaged nine points. Um, I want to see, was he? I guess he was kind of similarly efficient. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking at it just to be say, yeah, very similar to And if you look at it, actually, in his, since his sophomore year, he's averaged, he's hovering around that 8.9 points. His sophomore year was 8.8 .8 points. Last year was 9 points a game. Now this year was 8 points a game. He did bring up his assist to at least over 2. He mm -hmm. averaged 2 assists a game. Um, so, again, his steals since sophomore year have been hovering around the 1.5. So, again, I think he's always a consistent uh, defender there. So, I, I don't know. It, it's interesting to, to really think about it. Um, I think this year, if you really look at even Cam said, Cam took a dip. And, and yeah, it was just when, when Cam took a dip, it, it's just it's not saying, like, oh, my God, he took a dip. It's more like, like you said, it's just the depth of talent. 
Like even Keith finally got into his stri- rhythm, so he started scoring. So it's not like really there wasn't a there wasn't a selfish bone really in anyone's body. If this guy was going to take the shot, this was his chance. Tate coming off the bench, so they were like Porter said. I think or seven eight guys who could score any night, and you had that. You had Marquise going up, Kennedy going off some games. You had a here going off like North Texas in the first straight game. So. Really, the the stats I think are interesting to see if guys drastically change or they just kept the same. But I do think if you look at it, it is interesting to see how. Like, what was it? I think one of the biggest stats going into the NCAA tournament was we had one guy in double digits, right? Right. So everyone else was a single. So Lucas, but like you said, I think you say it the best, and you're one of the biggest advocates for it. And I think it's true. Um, I, I'm not 100 percent on the same train, but like defensive player of the year, he's he's defensively the best player in the valley. So and he plays defensively amazing on the national stage. So it's yeah. it's it's a really interesting state. Um, again, I, I don't think – if you told me before the game that Cam was going to defend Io um, and have two steals off him, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was going to be like, huh, who drank too much from the water cooler? Yeah. Um, and no, it, 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 it would have been Lucas. Just because, again, if I have to rely on defense, it's, it's Lucas. And so like I think that just always is reliable. And again, it's interesting. I thought about this just looking at the stats. There is his sophomore year. We had those that injury year, mm-hmm. um, and then so last year was like his full year back from injury, and then this year just another cement of like great great play. And then he'll have this year healthy play another full year, so three like full years of starting, which mm-hmm. is really interesting. I think so. Again, always exciting to see Lucas, and I think he's just a piece that's always great to have. I don't I don't think he might not be like the MVP like Cam has been this year, and then again um the year before but like i think lucas is the piece you need to have to be a well-rounded team and if you don't have him you'll lose there's a hole there so yeah i i mean i just like i think he got better as the season went on this year um i think there were some games kind of in the beginning and middle of the year where i was like ah where is he at like what you know what's he doing um like offensively specifically um Mm -hmm. but i think he really turned it on uh especially in the ncaa tournament i thought he played really three i mean you know that third game was pretty rough for everyone but I think he played three really great games, um, and in the in the Valley Tournament, I mean, I think he played really excellent, um, from what I can remember, um, against Southern, and, and, and then also against Indiana State and shutting down Tyreek Key. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I like I'm kind of like looking back at his numbers from last year, and especially the comparison from the last two years. I would have told you that I thought his numbers last year were so much better, but like we mentioned. Like, it was pretty much the same team that came back, except you add Braden Norris. You, I mean, here Ubach made a huge jump, for mm-hmm. sure, between the two years. Marquise Kennedy progressed and was scoring, you know, looking to score more. And then you had, like, better contributors like Tom Welch and um, and uh, Jacob Hudson at the end, too. So that's where why he just didn't score, you know, three, four more points a game. Um, yeah, it, it is interesting. I want to say one thing for my last piece on Lucas. Um is that when you look at the last six games, three um, conference tournament, and then the three NCAA tournaments, mm-hmm. Lucas pl- scored 11-14-6, which is the Drake game, 21 Georgia Tech, 14 Illinois, and 10 mm-hmm. um, Oregon State. And having at least uh, a steal a game, he actually brought up, like I think he had three assists a game, Rebounds was nearly four a game, maybe five a game. So it was like he came to play. And I think that's what that's what is different between Lucas and kind of 
some of the younger guys is like mm-hmm. those last six games are some of them are, are the most important games of the season. And he's there on a consistent basis to play. And I think, again, the way I'll talk about Lucas is that play, that drive to the rim against Illinois and he gets the and one is Lucas Williamson in, in, in a bottle for me. That's just that's how he plays. So it's exciting to have him back for another year. I absolutely think it's a piece that's really, really exciting to have back. Yeah, and, and for me, I mean, like, I'm going to give him an A. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I think he can be better. Maybe an A-, minus, like, between those two. Um, mm. I think he can definitely be better, like, offensively. Just, like, a touch more efficient, maybe, because um, his three-point percentage. That last game, I think, he was probably, like, what, two for 11 or yeah, something? Yeah, oh, gosh, that last game, three uh, That, like, You probably... could say everyone, but he, he kept trying to he – he was forcing it because he knew – he, they had, I think he was like three of a, yeah, I'm looking. He was three of 11 from field gold. Yeah. So that was... two of eight from three, three of 11, <laughs> 27% field gold. So again, it's, it's tough. It's, it's absolutely tough, but I, I think it's, it's really interesting. Uh, it's, re- it's really interesting. I'm back. I think that that's insane. If, if we're doing grades, I, I yeah. would have to just, just because I think it's a B plus for me. And, okay. and the interesting thing is, is it's just that it was the consistency, but when you look at it, it's still there compared to last year. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I think they were when they he had bad games, they were bad. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was just like I'd rather just a consistent flow over. And again, I, I could say I'd rather. I think everyone would rather have a consistent game over every game than have one bad game. So you have that bad game. So I don't know. I, I think for me. I would be, again, I'm one for Lucas to stay away from three and just drive and then focus on defense. I think he's really lengthy, and I think he's really good when he gets to the rim and he can explode to the rim and less about the three. That's just my take. I love when he drives to the rim. I love when he – because he can body and get fouled like the Illinois game, which I'm never going to stop talking about. Mm -hmm. And then I think defensively just focus on those two things. Don't worry about uh, shooting threes. But, again, what works to win – and that's why we're not coaching. That's why we're just chatting. But I, I think a B plus is a good grade. And I think the thing is, like, we're going to give a lot of people a lot of decent grades because, again, collectively they played great. And everyone individually played their part. So that's why, like, a B plus is not bad. Like, oh, my God, he didn't get an A. I don't think anyone personally except for Cam played A level. But I think they right. all played right at that level to be, like, again, if they all played A level, they'd all be MVC Valley Player of the Year. Cam's probably right. player for a reason. So I, I, that's, it's just an interesting thing for me, I think, uh, certain people. But, yeah, no, Lucas, absolutely great, consistent. And I think, quite honestly, he's the leader Loyola needs, and he'll be a leader next year. Yeah, speaking of, like, uh, other players on the team. So I, I was just kind of looking at some of his, like, stats, and there's some, like, mm-hmm. advanced stats and whatever. And one of them is defensive win shares, which is, like, a fancy term for just, like, a, an overall grade on, like, how you perform defensively, right? Like, it's, like um in baseball it's like war wins above replacement it just kind of puts a general number on everybody and so i'm looking at this and last year it says he was second in the valley and sixth in all of college basketball and i was like that's so weird like who is better than him like who in the valley and i click on do you want to take a guess on who was number one in the valley and number four overall in all of ncaa i'm gonna go with lucas williamson no, so I'm saying, so, okay, Lucas was second. And so there's oh. someone else in the Valley who was better than him. Can you can you think of who it was? Defensively. Yeah, defensively. I'm going to go, oh, oh, Cage Prim? 
No, actually, it was Cameron Crutwig. I don't know how. It has to be something with, like, defensive rebound percentage. Oh, he is a defensive rebound phenom. He like grabs not allowing. Rebound. And he gets a fair amount. He got a fair amount of steals, too, for a big guy. Um, but, yeah, Lucas was at 2.4, you know, whatever that means. Cameron was at 2.6. And um, there was two guys tied with Cameron at 2.6. And the number one guy was uh, Nemus Kita from Utah State at 2.9. So, I don't know. Just kind of thought it was interesting. But um, I guess I guess kind of just quickly here before we go to the next player, what uh, what kind of stats are you looking for for next year for Lucas? Like you could points, rebounds, assists, steals, shooting percentage. Any, I would like to see. Steal, I would, home, but. No, no, no. I would like his uh, steals to get up to two if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's very hard even in the pros. So I, I think that's that's the reach one, right? A reasonable one, I think, is going to be probably his field goal percentage from two mm-hmm. be fifty percent or higher. Because mm-hmm. he's I, done I think, it, and he's done it. And that's the thing. It's like, but on a consistent basis, I would love his average, like every game, he's shooting fifty percent from two. You mean like over? Well, so okay, it says his two point percentage last year is fifty five. So I think, do you mean like his overall field goal percentage at fifty? Then at least I'm looking at. Sports I just don't want him to shoot three. So that's that's my issue. But. Yeah, he's so he, this past year was 54. This past year was 61. So you know what? Let's just say his overall field goal is 50. Because yeah. he's never gotten that. He's gotten 43%. He's gotten 48%, 44, 43 again. So let's do overall field goal percent 50%. Because it, it's one of those. And don't shoot more than two threes. Please don't shoot more than two threes. I'll say that. I um similarly I'll take a shooting percentage number too because um. I, I think 40% from three is possible, and I think he, he, he just needs to be more efficient. Like I like you said, like he doesn't need to take a bunch of threes. I love it if he shot um, 50% overall, 40% from three, and 80% from the free throw line. And I think – Oh, my God, yeah, free throw. Yes, thank you. I think he'd Im- immediately be like 10 points a game. Um, and then everything else, I think if he stayed the same, that would be a significantly better player. So. And guess what? He could just drive to the basket and get fouled. Let's just drive <laughs> to the basket and get fouled. But again, yeah. he's done already amazing things for us. I can't be picky. Yeah, definitely. Um, so if you're good, I'm going to move on to the next one. Yeah. Um, so next one we're going to talk about is Keith Clemens. Um, last year, or two years ago, I guess, rather, he was a little banged up at the beginning. Came on, uh, actually was really good for us. Had some really key moments at the end of the year. Uh, almost single-handedly kept us in an arch madness um, and uh, had, had the winning percentage while he was playing last year was significantly better than when he was off the court. So um, just a winner. I think we knew that even coming in. Um, but this year he was he ended up averaging seven and a half points, um, one and a half rebounds, one and a half assists, just under a steal. Um, he was, I think, I, I haven't looked like at everyone, but I'm pretty sure he was our most efficient three-point shooter at just like 44% um, from the free throw line. He was just under 74%. Um, so just, a, I mean, really a, a, a good ball handler, pretty good on defense, but well, I think his biggest uh, asset for our team was his efficiency from three. And um, just actually pretty similar to what he did the year before. He shot 45%, nearly 46% from three 
the year before. So it's not like this is a, a difference or like a aberration or anything like this. Is, he can do it. So um, he did. He was asked to score a little bit more two years ago. Uh, this year, again, you know, as we talked about, more talent. So you just don't score as much. But, um, yeah, I, I think he had a good year. I'm trying to remember. I mean, he had some great moments, like, against Drake. Um, he got the technical against Drake, which was really funny and definitely not deserved, but I think kind of hyped the guys up. I think he's a, a good, like, uh, like quiet leader um, and, and until he's on the court, and then he seems pretty vocal on the court. Um, but I think he's just a solid, solid piece to have around. I would definitely trust him to, like, if, if uh, not everyone is coming back, like if he was one of our starting guards, and even if he is next year, I definitely trust him. Um, but love uh, his shooting percentage and uh, just kind of love him as a dude. So, um, Lou, what do, you, what do you have to say about Keith Clemens? Yeah, um, definitely evolved into a player, which I'm excited that I was surprised about. But just, again, coming off that kind of injury-ish season the year before, his first season in uh, Division One basketball, just didn't get a little – taste of what he was going to offer up mm-hmm. um definitely didn't really consider him as a shooter um but that has absolutely changed keith is quick trigger keith um he is that guy who comes off and tries to start off hot in the f- first half and that's what he did a lot um i think he leaves at least three games maybe two back to back where it was like boom two straight threes let's go keith wants to just go 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 um so High energy, um, really interesting. Defensively, I don't think I saw him, at least, and correct me if I'm wrong, I never saw him really getting into it defensively. I think he was always the guy on the receiving end of, like, passing the ball up. Um, What I can always remember is the uh, here pass up, uh, again, the the tech. I think that led to, what, the transition Mm -hmm. and everything. So, um, but he's always a guy looking up. He's, he's kind of, and again, that's what a point guard is. He's that guy looking ahead, moving it, moving it toward, uh, the next guy or creating something for himself. Um, so again, he's, he's found his shot, I think. And I think he's getting really, his past year got really, really comfortable. Again, once starting, he found that rhythm to work with guys. Uh, so just an interesting overall thing. His minutes definitely went up toward the end of the year, which makes sense when he started. Again, he didn't start until, uh, what, NBC played January, Just about, I think. yeah. Yeah, so until not until January did he play. So the first, I'd say, 11, maybe 10 games, he didn't start. So um, then he started the rest. So, what, 20 games to finish off, I think. So um, really interesting, absolutely a, a baller. I think that's just how I describe him, especially that intensity with that Drake game. But I think he knows uh, what he needs to improve on. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. As a point guard, he, he had flashes like high assist games, such as like five assists, four assists. Um, he's also had high steal games. He's had a, a couple of three, two uh, steal games. So I don't know. It's an interesting one overall for me. Um, he's not a turnover guy. That's something that's really interesting to me. Um he what he, he averages just under probably one turnover. I think he had 27. It looks like total, and he had 30 games, so just under one a game. But again, is that that's that's promising. So really interesting to see. I think for me, it's that consistent uh, three point field goal um, of just being uh, what is it? He he at least gets 44, 45 in his career, at least this past year. So really interesting. I I think. 
this is he he I think he was going to come back no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, because he only had two years. He's he's coming from JUCO. He gets another year of Division One basketball, another year to get that that rhythm, that competitiveness at D one level. And I think he this year really showed it. I think it's just going to be tough. I don't know. I said last week a Hiruguac is going to be the scorer. We have Braden Norris as another point guard. Is Keith going to be a shooting guard now? Is Lucas going to be the small forward? I don't know. And if I had all the answers, we'd be making a lot more money. I guess yeah, we I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I don't. We'd probably still be doing it, but I would. I would still be. I would. Maybe I'd be calling it not from the rafters, but from my office inside <laughs> of Gentile Arena. Um, yeah. But um, it's it's tough. I, I think that's how I'm going to describe what my future for Keith is. Though my grade for this past year is a B plus. Um, oh, sorry. A B, I'm going to say a B before he started, B plus after he started. Okay. Because he used two different players this year. He was the guy coming off the bench because Porter didn't know if he was, like, the same guy the year before. And then Porter was like, hey, I'm going to start you. And, like, yeah, I'm going to keep you starting. So, uh, really interesting. Uh, the only caveat I'm going to have is for the next year is how are you going to work with multiple point guards? How is Drew going to handle that? And then keep up that consistent three-point shot um, and keep it f- shooting early. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to give him a B as well. Um, I really enjoyed everything he did. Uh, I think he's actually one of the guys that benefited the most from Crutwig. Like, I think Crut found him a lot, like, in threes and, like, rolls to the basket. Um, so I I think he can shoot as well as he did. I think that I don't think that's a problem. Um, but I do want to see him add something else to his game, and whether that's Maybe he gets a little quicker. Maybe he learns a couple more, like a, a floater or like a, you know, maybe if it's not even offensively. Maybe it's just like smarts or, or defensive, whatever. Um, maybe he gets quicker hands. Something. I just, I, I think he just needs to add like one piece to his game to take it to the next level. And that's, I guess it's probably going to be a common theme with the seniors here because they all did so well. Um, that I just think he's like one piece away from being an all-valley type player. Um, I remember this is kind of a callback, but like even before the season, uh, Three Man Weave, who we we love reading, they had predicted him to be. I think they even might have predicted him to be a second team All Valley, if not definitely third. And I remember at the time I was thinking like, oh wow, that's interesting. But looking back on his numbers from two years ago, I mean he was he was averaging over ten points a game. Some of his defensive numbers are really good, like surprisingly really good, um, and. He he just was he produced really well. He was a uh, super efficient player. Um, would love to see his free throw percentage go up even just a few ticks. But um, you know some of that's just happenstance and um, getting those opportunities. But um, yeah, I I'm a big fan of Keith. I love what he brings to the team. I love that he brought a little more fire. I felt like this year um, and uh, next year um, we'll see we'll see what it brings. I mean it's just. Like we said, it's hard to know who's going to start. Um, I would definitely feel confident having him start. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings for next year. Um, any last thoughts on Keith, or are you good to move on? I'm good to move on. All right, so then the third and last one we're going to tackle for today is Ahir. Um, Ahir is coming off. This is his third year with Loyola. Uh I guess fourth, if you count his transfer year, where he had to sit out back when players had to sit out. Um, feels like forever ago. But um, just coming off to, I don't know if there's any other way to put it, like very inconsistent years. Um, 
very inconsistent offensively. I think defensively he got a lot better in the second year with Loyola. Um, not to say he wasn't good his, his first year, but I think that he got control of his body in, in his second year at Loyola and then really took it to another level this past year, both offensively and defensively. Um, I think this is really the, the player we thought he could be uh, when we were hearing all the rumors about, oh, he's the best scorer, like back in 20, like their final four year. They were saying, oh, he's the best scorer and in practice and in, 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 you know, pickup games. He's the best player on the court. And so you start to kind of build up that, like, um, the hype, right? And uh, it just, he didn't, he didn't come through the first two years, really. But this year, um, he's, he was third team All-Valley. He was all-defensive team. Um, he had some really bright spots, like North Texas. And there was another game, I'm trying to remember. First straight game. First straight game where he really, I think he scored, what, like 18 maybe or something? He, he was the highest scorer in that game. I think that's easily one of the reasons why we won it, just because yeah. I don't think they were prepared to defend him. Yeah, yeah and he just, like, um, I mean, I'm looking at these numbers. The, the number that pops out to me, actually, two of them, uh, he shot 70% from two, like layup, like strictly two-point shots. Yeah, yeah everything within the three, yeah. 70%. And, I mean, yeah, he shot... 33% from three, which is respectable for him. And then he also shot 76% from the free throw line, up from 62% the year before. So um, just had to, for me, been the most impressive growth uh, out of any of, out of any of the players um, from two years ago. So, um, Lou, what are your thoughts on here? Like, any, any other memories, any thoughts that you got from him? Oh, just an absolute puts a smile on your face. And if it doesn't, you guys got to look at it. It's like, what a leap from the year before. Um, what I think it just goes back to the Creighton game. I kept saying, we all said like, well, who is this kid? Why is he going off against Creighton, a team, national uh, national con- team? Like, why is he going off an NIT game? Like, well, who is a here? And you just said it there. What, 70% from two? I love when he slashes. I love him and Cam. I tweeted it from our account. How many times should I say, put it in the Louvre, hang it in the Louvre, just because they balanced off each other so well, I think, personally. I think, I don't know, we we, we should have gone to it, depending on the defense that was set up. Just, again, here your slashes in, because Cam's going to get double teamed. You knew he was. You just knew. Cam put his big body into the back of the basket, start dribbling Everyone on that defensive team is freaking out because they know he's going to do something good. And then here just comes in and goes, give me the ball. I'll put it in. And he did that a lot. And so that's why I'm excited for potential here goes off this come year. Um, because I think there's that definition that he can. I think we're so heavy point guard. I would love to see our guards crash and dish underneath. I think that's what it's going to be when the three doesn't work. Or we fake a three and drive because they're defending the three. So it's like, well, the, we got to drive. And then we dish it underneath. Because I think that's what it is. Here isn't known. And maybe he'll work on this, right? This is the one con I have watched his game. And I don't think I see it. And correct me if I'm wrong, Buck. Is like he doesn't he doesn't make his way to the basket like Cam. No. They're two different players. He, he'll go to the basket without the ball. He'll, he'll look for the ball to come to him. But he if he gets the ball at the free throw line, he ain't dribbling back down. He needs to be running. Like, he, how many fast breaks or he tried to get dunked it. He, he needs to be on that momentum. He, he's, it's a little tough for him to make 
make something when he's being defended. But when he can get there, he can run to the block, he can run to the rim, he's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be really intrigued with how we have any many point guards if we just push the ball. I would love to see our speed change. And nothing on him, nothing on him. I love Kim. But we have a little bit less weight to worry about rushing down the court. Will we turn up that speed? Um, would be really interesting. I think a here could benefit from that speed being turned up. Then the only question I have is, can he defend, though? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he turned it up offensively. I think defensively he did turn it up. I just think, is he a center turn it up? That's where the question comes. Um, we have a lot of questions coming. I think we for a here to find success is going to be what position. Offensively, I think we know his position. Defensively is going to be the tough one. Is he our starting center? Is he a power forward now? So really, really going to be interesting to see, um, especially matchups such as Cage Prim. It's not going to be Cage Prim against Cam. It's Is it Cage Prim against Ahir? Is it Huddy? We don't know yet, but it's going to be really interesting. I think it's really, at this point, I think it's Ahir Ugox to lose. So, But again, I'll give him a solid B+. Plus. Um, okay. I absolutely do think, and again, when people hear me give Lucas a B+, plus, I think what Lucas brings to the table and what Ahir doesn't bring that Lucas brings are two different things. But that jump, like, come on, here was third-team All-MVC. Like, that jump was just you, – you could see there was a, a different caliber player out there on the court. Um, so it just it's going to be interesting to see a congestion at point guard with not so much congestion at small – at power forward center. So where does a here kind of fit in this? Because he loves shooting his three, so I don't know what, what we'll do. But I think there's a lot to, lot to his game that we can focus on and less worry about. Um, I, I think he's going to have to be a kind of a centered player with the two and not really focus on the three. Yeah, I think one of the things that I want to uh, – you were talking about him as like an offensive player, and you're right. He's a complementary player. Like he doesn't make his own shot. That's probably the biggest knock on him is mm-hmm. the only way he actually makes his own shot is offensive rebounds. That's like otherwise it's pick and rolls. It's He's what left open from three – it's uh, you know, fast break running uh, like, yeah. the speed. Yeah. Fast break. Um, so I would love to see that even like one, like up one post move and a counter move. And that's it. That's all you need. He can score 10 points a game from just that. Um, and, uh, you know, one of my favorite um, radio guys, uh, Dan Bernstein, he's on 670. He always talked. He, his biggest thing about Wendell Carter Jr. on the Bulls was he's like, he doesn't have – or no, sorry, sorry, Laurie Markkinen. Laurie Markkinen, not Wendell Carter. Laurie um, was that – he was like, Laurie's a great um, complimentary player, but you give it to him on the post and he doesn't do anything. All he needs is one post move and a counter post move, and then you got guys guessing, right? It's like it's like if you throw a pitcher out there and he's just throwing fastballs. Like, no, like some of the best pitchers of all time only threw two pitches. and You know, Mariano Rivera, Craig Kimbrell on the Cubs, whatever. Point being – I would love to see Ahir develop uh, a game, an offensive game where he can create his shot maybe twice a game. Um, and I think that would really help him take another step. But I am going to give him an A, actually. Um, I, oh, okay. I've, I, I just, this is my, my grade is more so on what I was expecting and the fact that he just exceeded everything I had thought he would do this year. Um, I was, I, I was like, just so surprised that he was third team all valley i think all defensive team wasn't that crazy for him but i he just i think he really won over the respect of a lot of um teams around the league 
Uh, I think he's going to be a guy that teams have to really account for next year, um, both on both sides of the court. So, yeah, I'm going to give him an A. Uh, next year, like I said, I hope he can add a little bit to his game um, offensively. Uh, but then other than that, I mean, like, I'd love to see him get more rebounds. Uh, as simple as that sounds, uh, I think he's going he's gonna to need to get rebounds. I think he can be a guy that averages seven rebounds a game. I really, if he plays the amount of minutes uh, that he he did this year, I think he can average like between six and seven rebounds. I don't think that's too crazy, especially with Cam being gone. There's no real true center um, that we know of that's going to get consistent minutes. So I think he's going to end up playing a lot more minutes uh, as a big guy, one of the two big guys on the court. So. Um, Lou, what do you like? I know you mentioned a little bit, but anything else you're looking for uh, for out here for next year? Yeah, I'm just gonna give him a clap up for uh, that three free throw percentage, and yes. better keep that up. That's the one thing I'm gonna say. I think we said, oh, here's going to the, the year before we'd say, oh, here's going to the free throw line. That's gonna be one miss. I don't think I said that. Maybe until I might have said it early on in the season. I'm not gonna lie, but 76 percent, 70 like. Here we Very impressed. That better be kept up. That's that's an important thing to keep up, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, I think that's gonna do it for like the the seniors this year for the player roundup for this week. Um, the only other thing I wanted to talk about, we can just do it real quick for the podcast. Um, you had told me that uh, the head coach of the Washington Wizards had said that um, that Russell Westbrook was the second best point guard of all time. And uh, we both got a good laugh out of that. And this is me talking. I, I love the Oklahoma City Thunder. I am a humongous Russell Westbrook fan. I always have been more than Kevin Durant. I love him. I think he's just a super fun player. But he's not even close to the top two. He's not even close to top five. I think, you know, best he might be top ten. But um, So we were just talking about that. And I was like, I think it would be fun to just, like, give our top five point guards uh, of all time because we were, we're getting a good laugh out of that. So, Lou, do you want me to go first and give you a little, little time to, to figure that out? No, I'm ready, but I'm just Are worried if we have the same. But if we have the same, well, we have the same. The first one's obvious. is obvious. is Magic Johnson, right? I mean, there's no... You, you got Magic Johnson first? Yes. Okay. So I think it gets interesting after that. Um, I'll... Uh, do you want... Let's just go in order. Like, I'll give my second and you give your second. So... Okay. Um, my second for me, um, like I said, I'm a big Russell Westbrook fan. I love guys that can go out there and get you rebounds and assists from the point guard position. I think that's really fun and different and special. Um, so for me, my, my second best point guard of all time has got to be Oscar Robertson. Um, also, fun little Valley connection there. Um, you know, uh, right? Am, am, I, am I crazy? Am I yes. Wrong? Oh, no, absolutely. Come okay. on. That is the graphic they no, showed all year. You know, Larry like, Bird, Oscar Robinson. <laughs> And, say and I had one of those moments where I said something and I was like, oh no, did I just mess up real big? So yeah, Oscar Robertson's second for me. What about you? Yeah, I'm gonna. Mm, yeah, mm, mm, this is where. Mm. You can have a really different list because I know we were talking earlier. Well, like, see, this is like the thing. It's like, uh, is Steph Curry a point guard? Like, right. that's just what I'm gonna say. And I'm gonna put him second. That's all I'm okay. saying. All right. I, I think that's... Uh, and he's still got plenty of career. I just think what he's done point-wise is... Yeah, yeah I mean, he's changed the game, for sure. There's, there's no there's no doubt mm-hmm. in that. Um, okay, so then third for me... Um, this is where it gets really close uh, for me. I definitely considered Steph here. 
Um, I definitely, I'm thinking like just some other names like Isaiah Thomas, John Stockton, Steve Nash. Um, I mean, you could, I guess you could throw like Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook in there too, but I don't think they're to that level yet. Um, so I'm going to go with, uh, oof, oof, oof. I'm actually going to go with Steve Nash. I think he's like a pure point guard. He won an MVP. Um, I think he won a championship on some, I don't know. I, but he, for me, like when I was growing up, he was a dude that I saw doing something like crazy different on the court. He just was like the epitome of like the best ball handler uh, at the time, right before like Kyrie really. Um, that's this guy. He got his own. He scored real from everywhere on the floor. So uh, for me, I'm going to go Steve Nash, number three. Okay. Number three, I'm going to go Oscar Robinson. Uh, I, I think he's, I think he's definitely up there. I uh, just around, I think again, you, you kind of already said it uh, big O just really interesting. Again, I I'm, I'm kind of funny going from, I like that he was six, five and then magic being big. So Again, interesting, but I think he's just, again, he's up there with the points. So, yeah, I'm just going to go uh, Oscar Robinson. I mean, number four, I'm going to go with Steph. I, like, I don't know. There's no other. He's just changed the game. Like, um, mm-hmm. we talked about Magic and Oscar changing the game, too. So, uh, yeah. Steph is number four for me. Four for me is going to be Isaiah Thomas. Okay. Yeah, okay. again, uh, just I think he just – played the game well and again just really interesting i think a lot of chicago people were like oh my god isaiah thomas is an a-hole um because of the last dance documentary but um i think he was a great player though so i don't know um fun connection there he recruited milt to come play at florida international university and then got fired so milt then decided not to go there fun fact that's funny um, and then number five for me, uh, this is a big loop, but I am going to put Chris Paul at number five. Um, again, like Played just at OKC a, for a hot second. Come he, on. Well, well, okay. So here's the thing, right? He took an Oklahoma city team that was supposed to be garbage last year into the playoffs and gave, uh, Oh shoot. Who did they rockets? Play? Wasn't it the rockets? I think. Yeah. Yeah. They gave them. Um, Cause didn't a, you, didn't you like block? Didn't that one of your kids get blocked or something? Yeah. Lou Dort. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I, and now he's doing the same with the, with the, with the Suns. The Suns, yeah. He was, I mean, that, there was one Clippers team that he was on that he got hurt and they would have probably won the NBA finals that year if he didn't get hurt. Um, and then even before that, you know, with, uh, what, Char- Charlotte, right? Uh, or New Orleans? New Orleans. New Orleans. Um, just a solid player. So longevity of the career. I mean, I think he's still got like at least two, if not three or four years left too so i'm gonna put chris paul number five okay my number five is gonna be john stockton Mm -hmm. tough one just because a lot of people will say he was great but i did he have a great nba career because he benefited from who his teammate was Mm. Uh, i think you still have some skill to do what you do so and the man has like assist records and steal records so I'm just going to go. I'm pretty sure he might lead all of the NBA history in assist. Mm-hmm. So I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm just going to go with John Stockton. Cool. Sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, that was just kind of, I don't know. We were just kind of having fun before the podcast. Of course, it. yeah. Um, gotta, it's the off season, guys. we got to give you something. Right. And if you all like it, like, let us know. Ask us questions. We'll do we'll do top fives or, you know, whatever else, as long as it's either Loyola or basketball related. Yeah. Um, we're down to talk about it. Um, 
yeah, I think that's going to do it. Unless, Lou, unless you have anything else. No, sir. Excited to start the offseason, and uh, let's get to work. Cool. And we will definitely be back next week. Uh, we'll see if there's any uh, big news that pops between now and then. But even if there's not, we'll be back with more Loyal Ramblers coverage. Uh, that's going to do it here from Buck and Lou at Podcast 63. Thank you all for listening. And don't forget, always remember, go Blairs.